Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. What's up, mamas? I'm Julie Bender. Oh, I like that one. You know, we are going to talk about motherhood today and maybe a little bit of the frustration and downside of it no yeah there's a little bit of a little bit a little bit well let's start with fun facts about motherhood in general and why not start with cows (laughs) i think i like it go ahead take that interesting first cut cows were recently declared the most dangerous large animals in britain killing more people than dogs 74 over a span of 15 years i mean some were bulls but many were mother cows Okay, so we're going to quit saying uh, I'm a mama bear. We're going to say I'm a mama cow. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, that could really go downhill quickly. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on from there. An analysis of the pregnancy timing of more than 30,000 German women found pregnancy spreads in the workplace. Okay, that's an odd phrase. Yeah, that really... Yeah, it is. But in the year after a colleague had a baby, there was an uptick in first pregnancies in the same office. Are you worried that you're going to get pregnant after working with me? I'm 104 <laughs> years old. I'm not going to get pregnant. I mean, have you not read the Bible? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Never mind. <laughs> Apparently, families are also contagious. A Norwegian study of more than 110 sibling pairs shows that siblings have a relatively strong influence on each other when it comes to first pregnancies. Okay, does that just mean age-wise? I actually read that and I didn't know what it meant, but I was just going to deliver it confidently (laughs) and hope that we either just went right on to the next one or you told me what it meant. No, uh, all right, you're, you're pregnant. Your sister's pregnant anywhere around you? Oh, are you saying, my, because I'm pregnant, yes. my siblings will also have babies? Okay, yes. I was like, what if it's a first pregnancy? There are no siblings. Are we talking about twins here? What's happening? No, your siblings. No, I think my sisters are like, good for you. Go yeah. you. Go you. I'm not going there. All right, and here may be why. The average mom will have changed approximately 7,300 diapers by the time her baby reaches two. Okay, so really I want to know, is that like the total amount of diapers and we're just assuming that dad doesn't chip in much? Or <laughs> does dad do like 3,000? Does he do 1,000? Yeah, or the 300? I don't know. But, you know, and then there's the cost of 7,300 That's diapers. actually what I was, I was hearing. Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> well, I think we know this one is true, but babies and their mothers share a deeply physiological connection. In one study of infant reaction to mothers, fathers, and strangers, an infant girl was brought into a lab and set in a plastic seat that was curtained off from distractions. This is starting to sound weird, but we're <laughs> going to keep going. The baby was then approached by her mother, then her father, and then a stranger. Chest monitors on the baby and the adults showed that the baby synchronized her heart rate to that of the mother or father when they approached, but she did not synchronize her heart rate to the stranger's. Science. (laughs) (laughs) So long story short, when you're with your mom, your heart beats the same. When you're not, it doesn't. I guess. I guess. (laughs) All right, moving on. This was a little bit more approachable. All right, Nancy Rogers was not only responsible for one of the most recognizable faces on TV, 
But she also created his wardrobe. Well, that's cute. Uh huh. Her son, Fred Rogers, who you may know as Mr. Rogers, was the host of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for decades. And do you know what she did? She hand knit every single sweater he wore on the show. Well, I mean, that is some mom goals. That is. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I think it's no secret that we all know that moms are incredible and that they go to great lengths for their child's health, happiness, and security. That's so true, Julie. And I think every mother goes through seasons of burnout, um, anger, frustration, and sometimes the levels can get off the charts. So we've brought a guest in this week that I think will help you with all of those emotions. Our guest today is Natalie Hickson. She's a wife, mom, aunt, and certified professional life coach who helps moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. After learning to thrive in motherhood and process anger in a healthy way, Natalie became convicted to help other moms avoid those dark years by helping them to process their anger, identify their triggers, and ultimately control their reaction to triggering situations. She enjoys her own motherhood journey by hanging out with her husband, Mike, and their three daughters in Bozeman, Montana. She recharges with Jesus, coffee, and adventures with her family, like skiing in the winter and hiking in the summer. Welcome, Natalie. It's really good to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to learn from you because as we talked a little bit about in the front end, we're going to talk about the maybe a little more embarrassing to talk about experience of feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, downright burnt out in motherhood. And since you're coming to us with this concept, I have to assume that you have some personal experience with that. Yes, I sure do. (laughs) So since you coach moms about that, tell me a little bit about how that came about that this became something you're passionate about. Yeah. So, you know, back when my kids were little and I was really in the thick of the destructive anger, I would never have thought that fast forward to today, that's what I'm helping moms with. Mm. But um, that's where I was led. And Um, I look back at those years and go, wow, that was just kind of a university for me to where I'm at today. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I started out, uh, I I actually grew up in a household where the way that anger was processed was screaming, slamming doors, you know, Mm. throwing things. And they're not that way today. My parents, (laughs) Mm. they have grown and matured themselves. Um, But yeah, that's what I was modeled, you know, and I, I thought that's, that's what it was. That's how we vent. That's how we work through things. And um, then I married my high school sweetheart when we moved in together, quickly realized that um, he grew up from in a family that they avoided conflict. And so he didn't yell and I would be screaming at him and he's not yelling back at me. And I can remember going, why aren't you yelling at me? (laughs) And he's just like, that's, I just don't do that. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I started to notice that, you know, was, that was a challenge. And actually, I can remember thinking, wow, this is actually kind of scary. I don't know if I should have kids because of my anger. Yeah. Um, but that didn't stop us. <laughs> Fast forward <laughs> a few years. Um, we brought Enya, our oldest, home um, and from the hospital. <laughs> and it was about like two years old when things started to really escalate for us. Um, she's throwing her little two-year-old tantrums and um, unfortunately and embarrassingly I also was throwing two-year-old mm-hmm. tantrums with her um, and so we would be screaming at each other both on the floor kicking our feet um, and this this is a really 
difficult subject, but I like to really bring it up for the moms out there who actually are experiencing this um, and are afraid, right? right? So I would, I was very abusive. I would um, leave bruises on her arm. I would spank her too hard. I would mm-hmm. scream, um, you know, be little threatened. It was a very scary time for her and I. Um, and the hopeless feeling of, I don't know how to stop this. And I'm afraid someone's going to take my kiddo away from me because mm. deep down in, in my heart was, I love my child, but why can't I stop getting so angry? Um, and so I, I kind of gave up hope and just started thinking maybe if Enya would stop throwing these tantrums, I wouldn't get so upset. Um, but we continued, we had another kiddo brought her home and, um, still hadn't figured out how to deal with my anger. And there was a moment where I was nursing Skye, her sister, um, and Mike was putting Enya to bed. And in another room, doors shut, and I hear Enya's ec- epic tantrum. And I just, I got to the point where I screamed for her to shut up. And Skye stops nursing and looks at me and just starts crying in this you know, pathetic little scared baby cry. Right. And I'm like, something has to change. And so I thought, let's get Enya into therapy. You know, I'm hopeless. Let's see if we can help her mm. stop her tantrums. So um, we did. We went to therapist. She observed M- Enya. She observed us. Um, then she talked to Mike and I alone. And she said that Enya was a perfectly normal child for her age and development. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yeah, but you're not at home with her alone. <laughs> <laughs> and and mm. she said, it's it's you, Natalie, who needs to be in here. Mm. And so did that, that just, yeah. yeah, did that just throw you? It, I, I would have gone, no, 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 no. You, I, that's not the fix <laughs> I was looking for. Um, you know, thankfully, I, um, the Lord really worked in my heart in that moment. And, um, it was, it was hard to take in at first, you know, getting through that little pride moment. But um, deep down inside, I was really thankful that somebody was saying, here, there's help for you and we can work through this. So um, as I went through therapy, it was like four years I went through psycho, psychoanalysis therapy. It was great. I learned a lot of things. I learned um, a lot about my family patterns, just a lot of great stuff. But I was never really fully honest with her about how scary it was at home because I was afraid she'd take my kid away, mm. you know, or call me in. And so um, I left therapy still with some of these scary patterns. They, they started to get better, but I was still screaming. I was still slamming doors. I was still, I was still scary, mm. right? The patterns hadn't stopped, but the therapy really got me going right? in this personal, like, okay, there is hope. I can, I can overcome this. I need to keep searching for the answers. And so it took me on, on a journey, just like, you know, I was in different businesses and trials and things Mm -hmm. that really started to form me. And then I ended up in coaching, um, in the Christian coaching Institute, um, to do life coaching. And so I love listening to moms, helping them organize things, working through these little daily challenges, and I thought I wanted to help moms organize their life. And <laughs> um, when I finished school, I learned a lot of great things on listening and, and just another great um, self-development. And, and really, for me as a believer, um, was strengthened in the Lord in that too. And so um, coaching didn't really take off. 
for me in the beginning. And I was about to throw in the towel when I had a conversation with a friend who has a podcast um, or had one. And we were talking about our anger journeys and how we'd been growing through them and how it had been so difficult in the beginning. And she's like, you need to come on and talk about this on my podcast. And so um, sure enough, we did that. And then mom started coming to me, like reaching out. I want to, you know, I want to work through this too. I've got these challenges too. And so, um, yeah, I started working with moms through this and it was really, I want to say like working with moms, helping them with these challenges and trials specifically about the anger and the emotions is where my biggest growth came from. It helped keep me more accountable and it also helped me see just through working with others, what really works well and what doesn't and what the, the heart, the root of yeah. these things really can be for, for moms. And really my goal when working with moms is, well, let's step back. They come to me brokenhearted. They, they hate their motherhood journey. They don't want to be moms anymore. They're mad at themselves. Um, or, the, you know, they're carrying all this guilt and shame because they just, they're like, I can't do this and I don't want to do it anymore. And I want to love my children, but I don't have the capacity to, or, you know, they're just burnout. Mm. You know, Natalie, I, I do think that that's a real emotion and to varying levels. I mean, what you're talking about is kind of probably the, the needle has pegged on, you know, how, how far it can go. But I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of moms who they feel all of those emotions. And like you said, they, they may bury them or they may, you know, avoid them and not want to deal with them. You know, what, Mm -hmm. how do you, I want to bring it back to where do they step up and how can you kind of take off the don't feel guilty instead be proactive and let's find a way forward. How, how do you get that starting place? Yeah. So we recognize, first of all, I really like to touch on the fact that there's a difference between being angry and destructive anger, because anger in and of itself is a natural emotion and we need it. It helps us stop and and it's, it's there to help us. These emotions are there to help us stop and tune in and go, okay, how can I be productive through this? Something's not right. We need to work through this. Right. But we're so busy and we're so like, on a track and, and have all these patterns that we're like, I don't, I don't even know. So we avoid it or we, you know, we just feel stuck in it. Um, but normal anger, raising your voice, getting frustrated, you know, having a sharp tone with your kids, those things are even stomping your foot and, and if not in somebody's face, slamming a door once in a while, those type of things to me are normal. And they're just an expression of the energy built up from that emotion. Right. And then destructive anger is when we're really using that to um, protect ourselves, control a situation, and we get scary. We're using um, force. We are screaming in rage. We're belittling. We're um, using abuse, you know, physical abuse, throwing things, um, threatening silent treatments because we've got passive aggressive destructive behaviors too. Um, all these type of things can can be there. And if we're using our anger to hurt the relationship, that's destructive. And often we go there because we don't know what else to do. We feel so out of control. So helping moms recognize, first of all, you're not a bad person for feeling angry. And we have to stop and go, why am I angry? What's going on for me here? Um, am, Am I feeling out of control? Right? And so 
really helping them take a step back and looking at the emotions. How do we process these emotions? Um, we have to grow in emotional maturity and, and by understanding more of what they are and how they affect us and what we're being triggered by. And so we'll look at common triggers. What, what are some of these common triggers going on for you? Um, have you ever stopped to think about what's going on in those moments, right? We can just easily go, oh, it's, it's the witching hour because it's right before dinner and the kids are hungry. Um, and that's when we get triggered maybe. But so we just kind of pass it off. It was like, oh, this will go away someday. But if we sit down and actually break it down and, and give ourselves a moment to pause and reflect, we, we are able to have more awareness carrying into these destructive or triggering, we'll put it that way, triggering moments um, to work through them in, in giving ourselves more, um, in giving ourselves more awareness, we're able to process it more in the moment, if that makes sense. <laughs> Do you find working with different moms that there are some common triggers across moms who end up f- feeling more, you know, that destructive anger versus what we would call more natural or common anger? Yeah, I mean, because there's there's plenty of moms who are able to work through some of these situations without getting destructive, right? But then there's some things that we're like, why am I getting so destructive in moments where it shouldn't, it doesn't feel like it should be so big, such a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely common triggers for moms are when we have to leave the house, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the kids out the door, um, meal times, bedtimes, those type of times really bring on more of a trigger. Um, triggering reactions for moms, right? Or whining. If we're home and maybe we're not working um, when the kids are really young, um, for for some moms who are staying home, that can be triggering to just be home with them all day. They're they're needy, right? They need, they talk, they cry, they all the things, and we can feel so exasperated by the end of the day that it's just. Um, and the other part is many times when we're feeling these these in these cycles of guilt and shame and you know, the destructive behavior, um, we just wake up in the morning going, I have to get through till bedtime. I just need to get through. And they are dreading the next moment and the next day. And and that's not how we want to live our life, right? We want to live our life enjoying the journey and recognizing there's going to be difficult moments and we are going to get through them. But it doesn't ruin our whole day and it doesn't ruin our whole journey of motherhood. So what are some of the things that they can do? A a few maybe thoughts, actions, reflections, pause points. What can a mom do to to stop the the overreaction when she feels Mm -hmm. it coming? Yeah, so one of the things I talked about a little bit was the tracking your triggers. And I actually have a trigger tracker for your Mm -hmm. listeners. Um, over at NatalieHickson.com, Grit and Grace Life. Um, and so taking the time, taking time to pause and reflect on that is really beneficial. And it can be any time after the trigger, right after, or I like to give it a little time just to till you're calmed down to walk through that. Um, but in the heat of the moment, what I really like to do is what I call sit and pray. And so you, the S is stop, separate if possible. Um, so, you know, you're getting frustrated or you're already in the middle of the battle <laughs> going, oh, wait, stop. We, we just need to separate and, and calm down for a minute. Um, 
eyes inhale so we're calming our nervous system down with the deep breathing as as soon as you start to feel frustrated start that deep breathing and then t is tune in where we're validating ourselves so often we've grown up many people and in the culture too we've grown up in this feeling that anger is a bad thing Mm -hmm. we're not it's not okay for us to be angry and so we feel feel guilty and we start to cause friction in ourselves or being mad at ourselves or being mad or feeling guilty for being mad and so in that tune in moment we're saying it's okay that i'm feeling this way anyone's gonna be angry in the moment that they have to tell their kids 15 times put their shoes on to get out the door it's it's frustrating Mm -hmm. (laughs) so just telling yourself it's okay that i'm frustrated right now um and and then if you can pray um or meditate, whatever it is that, that you're feeling led to, just sending up that prayer going, I, I need to be productive here and I, I need strength. Um, so the other thing is I'll shorten it up, you know, sit and pee. So it kind of triggers you to remember, you can go to the bathroom in any moment. <laughs> it's usually an acceptable, it's, it's usually an acceptable thing, right? So it's a great way if, if no, for no other reason, you know, if, if you, like if you're in an situation with adults, you know, um, and you're feeling triggered, just excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. Um, or littles, you know, littles at home, you can go to the bathroom. It usually has a lock. You can shut the door, lock it. And it's okay if the, the toddlers on the other side, you know, sitting there, you know, banging on the door, you're just taking a minute, you know, again, don't leave your kids unattended in, in an unsafe moment. Right. But it's okay to just take that moment and take a deep breath. If that's going to keep you from getting destructive, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so taking that moment to just, all right, it's okay that I'm upset. How can I work through this productively right now? You know, what's going on for everyone? Are they hungry? Are they overtired? Um, is there stress going on for me? You know, so just taking that reset moment, and so you can do this in a big way, like I just said, separating from the situation, or you can start working through this and kind of visualizing before things happen. Look at your common triggers, visualize them, and start thinking about what I call a preset. Preset. How can I work through this trigger in a healthier way? You know, and kind of picture yourself walking through that just to set yourself up, even if you don't walk through it in that healthy way um, in the first few times, start trying to picture yourself doing that so that you are kind of setting yourself up to um, have more awareness in those moments. And then the last thing is, if you blow it, and you will, because everybody does at some point, we even if it's not a scream or, or, you know, a scary, destructive thing, if you say something you wish you wouldn't have said, or, you know, acted in a way that you're feeling bad about, go back and recover. Um, Like in the, the example of kids, we're going back and saying, hey, I just want to come back and say, I'm really sorry that I screamed at you. It was okay that I was angry, always wanting to let the kids know and yourself that it's okay. You had the emotion, but it wasn't okay with how I treated you when I was angry. So calling out the action and taking responsibility for that. Um, And then working through, you know, how were you feeling? What was going on for you? It was okay that you were angry. It wasn't okay that you slapped your sister across the face. Um, And then, you know, just working through that moment of, of forgiveness and um, coming back together. And those moments can be so, so um, awesome for our relationship with our kids because they're a connection moment. We're rebuilding and restoring and actually strengthening our relationships in those moments. 
we kind of set up at the beginning of the conversation talking about anger and then also this idea of burnout, which I think is more of an experience of prolonged seasons of being overtired and frustrated and feeling, you know, kind of tapped out. So how do we kind of prevent that ultimate experience of being burnt out or exhausted? Yeah. So recognizing this, this very huge, but it can feel very small idea of how are we talking to ourselves and to others, right? If we're continually telling ourselves that we're burnt out, we don't like where we're at, or we wish it was a different way, um, and, and we're overwhelmed, then we're going to look for reasons that that is true. Um, our brain doesn't, our subconscious doesn't know the difference between this, the reality of the situation and the stories we're telling ourselves. It just takes what we have and it's there to protect us and move us forward, right? And so we will continually, the story we're telling ourselves, we're going to continually find ways to prove that to be true. So it's really taking a step back and learning how am I speaking? You know, I'll, I'll have clients go through an exercise where they're writing down negative thoughts that, that they think of throughout the week. And it won't be all of them, right? But they'll they'll catch it and they're in awareness with it. So they're like, oh, that was a negative thought. They'll write it down. And then we go back through it and we're like, okay, how do we change these thoughts? What's the truth of this? Is this true? Or is this something we need to be saying differently, right? A real simple one, totally simple example. You kids are driving me crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a fun little exercise is I'm like, okay, come up with a different word, right? You kids are driving me to take a deep breath. You kids are driving me to mm-hmm. take a drink. You're driving me to pray. You're driving me to do, you know, something healthy. <laughs> and, and again, these are small baby steps. I'm on here, you know, in a short podcast, giving you some of these tactical things, but it's a long-term thing that we have to really create this awareness and walk through. And these are things that you can start practicing today to start creating more awareness around what's really going on for you. But it really is taking a look too at, you know, why are you the way you are? What is going on in your heart? What patterns have you, um, have happened from, you know, the past experiences. So what are these things that are are culminating? What's the relationship like with you and your husband um, if you're married? So these type of things all need to kind of be looked at because it's it's not just a small piece of I get angry and I don't want to be angry anymore. I'm burnt out. I don't want to be burnt out anymore. It's, you know, multifaceted on what we have to look at to kind of really start making big progress. But these things are really great places to start. I love that you've given us a real honest view of where we can find ourselves as moms from, you know, the the most extreme anger to normal anger to frustration to burnout. Um, But can you can you just leave us with a little bit of encouragement that how if we walk through this, if we get a handle on our triggers and find our resolution, there's got to be an upside to all of this. What would that be? Absolutely. One is just an example from my own life. So Enya, my oldest, who I talked about in the beginning, who received the most abuse from me, um, the restoration um, and the beauty in our relationship that has come from me working through these difficult things and just not giving up, not throwing in, not settling, right? Um, she knows everything that happened to her. She knows her the story, and I'm very upfront and open with her. And so 
the relationship there and who she is and how equipped she is to walk into the next place in her life. She's about to go into university. Um, it's, it's such a blessing to see that. And also just knowing that um, these, these trials that we face every day in motherhood um, are there to help us get better. They're there to look at, instead of going, this is hard, I can't do this, look at it and go, this is a challenge I can overcome. How am I going to overcome this? What tools, what things, where can I draw on to continue to walk forward and find um, restoration in this relationship or you know, in my motherhood journey? And the other thing too, is it's never too late. I don't care if your kids are adults and you're hearing this and you're like, oh man, I wish I would have known this before, you know, or, or heard, heard things like this before. It's never too late to reach out to your children mm. and, as adults and say, hey, you know what? I didn't know some of these things when I was, you were kids and I'm, I'm really sorry for what happened there. Mm. Um, but I want to make it better and I want to reach out and, and communicate you know, if you need anything or let's have this conversation um, because that's a bridge. You can bridge that gap between you and your children. And also that will help benefit the future generations. So um, never too late. And if you're feeling there alone and scared, reach out to somebody who can um, help you work through this. Don't be afraid to say something. Um, it's important that you, you can and will be able to overcome these things. You're not stuck. Mm. Gosh, that is so encouraging. So we really appreciate you, Natalie, taking the time to kind of walk us through maybe what some of the signs are and some of, you know, the triggers that we can be paying attention to and working through. How can our friends follow along from you or maybe even work with you if they're discovering that they need to take some more intentional steps for healing here? Yeah, so I'm over at nataliehickson.com. I have a blog there. I'm not active on social media at the moment. Nice. So you can find everything over there. And there's a, you know, contact or download the trigger tracker with the link I gave out. Um, so you can get all the info there. Awesome. Well, we will put that in the show notes. Natalie, thank you so much for everything you shared with us today. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to come on and share with your audience. All right, Julie, even though it doesn't feel like it some days, actually many days, there is a Bible verse that I think we need to remind ourselves of. Psalm 127.3, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him, even when they're driving you crazy. Wait, and what translation will. has that at the end? <laughs> Mine, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, I think just hearing Natalie share so bravely and honestly about some of the experiences she had, but also offering the hope that these triggers, these patterns, these destructive habits, they can be... Um, they can be changed. They can be healed. And so if this is you, if this is something you struggle with, we, we hope that you've been encouraged to really take some steps to move toward that reconciliation that would be necessary for yourself and then also with a relationship with your children. Be sure to check the show notes for more information from Natalie. And again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.